Testies, testies, one, two, three. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Boxing Club Podcast. I am yours truly, Big Chubbs, alongside with my fellow potters, Mr. Don King Killer himself, El Wapo. <laughs> one and only, the killer. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, what's up, B Slick? What's up, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Lou Almighty's in the house. What's up, player? That's right, what's up, baby? How's everybody doing today? Good, man. Doing good. I'm a little sore. A little sore? Yeah, but I'm yeah, good. too. You didn't spar, bro. <laughs> no, I didn't spar, but I'm sore. You spar? Hey. Speaking of sparring, I want to get right into Talk it. Talk it to the mic. Uh, speaking of uh, <laughs> sparring, I want to get right into it. Uh, as a matter of fact, as uh, some of you seen on the live today, uh, we went to the House of Pain in Temecula. Oh, yeah. That's right. We did. Second time being there. Right. Was, oh, you guys uh, been there before? Yeah, we went there right before the New Year. Ah. So. It was um, it was pretty dope, you know. This was the first time I seen Eric Spar. What'd you think? Um, he's whack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Let's go right now. Let's go right now. in the ring now, Coach. Coach, you got some training to do. <laughs> yeah. No, um, you know, it was uh, it's my first time ever in a. Any sparring ring or anything like that? Or like a sparring match? Oh, it's your first time yeah. seeing a sparring session? Yeah, a real one. A real one. A real one, really. Yeah. I've seen Eric spar in here, um, and he gets down in here, so I, I could kind of sense his caliber. But I've never seen him battle like at another, at another. Uh, gym. Oh no, he was putting I, some work. I, I saw the live. I tapped into the live. It was, it was nice. Yeah. What's up? What, what about you, Coach? Oh, well, How did he do? Well, for me, it's just another day of watching him. So uh, <laughs> personally, he did good. So. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, I loved it. it. It just shows the work that we put in. You know, that's really what I could appreciate it just to see, like, we're doing good. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, oh, yeah, it was very good. How did you feel in the ring, though? Well, at first, you know, I'm always nervous. And, you know, just getting in there, you just kind of, all the nerves just, as soon as the round starts, you know, well, yeah, you just get in there and, you know, like, all the butterflies just fly away. Man. You just get in there, you just get in the zone and, you know, you get hit. And you're like, is, oh, it get a, is it after the first hit that you take? Or is it the first hit that you give, that your butterflies go away? I think as soon as the bell, the bell rings, man. You just, the bell rings, you walk forward, and you're like, all right, it's time to go. Time to, time to get it working. And yeah. And, and one thing I might say, me being ringside, um, the look in his face, bro, was different. Eric's? Yeah. Oh, uh, like, he, he, he turned off the nice guy act? Yeah, bro. There uh, was, it was no, you know, nice guy Eric. Like, his, his whole demeanor was like, Kill, kill, kill. Terminator. <laughs> hey, Terminator. Yeah. yeah. And shout out to everybody, too, for jumping in on the live. Shout out to J.D. Kane and J. Queen. What up, donkey? For, uh, for, for tapping in with us um, and, and, and checking Eric out while, while we were sparring this morning. Well, no, it's very good. Well, you know, like I said, it, it was very good work. Um, and like I said, it's just another everyday for us. Um, just what I watch when I'm looking at what Eric is doing, I'm just thinking, what does he need to improve on? And that's what I really look for. And so, you know, do I see things? Of course. Um, there's always things for improvement for any fighter. And that's what I'm looking for. Um, other than that, he had a good game guy that was really pressuring him. And, and that's what he needed. And, and he took over. And that's the, the dude looked a little bit bigger than Eric, too, right? Uh, the guy was, was actually bigger than Eric. A couple Eric. pounds bigger. But. Yeah, so he was a bigger guy. So, but, you know, that's, you get what you can get. Yeah. So. Is that somebody, um, like, have you faced anybody that big or, or smaller or bigger? Um, I think my last fight I did, but in my last fight I came in bigger because I came in a little bit, you know, just not on weight where I was supposed to be. I came in at 170, I think. And, you know, usually I tried my best to fight at 158. So I came in a whole, you know, 12 pounds bigger. And, you know, that, that affected my performance definitely because I felt like it was like a a fat 178 versus, you know, a fit 170. And there's nothing wrong with being fat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> not, not one thing wrong with being yeah, fat. It's in boxing. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it felt good. And, you know, uh, usually I always spar with guys that are smaller than me. And because, you know, in boxing is always a small man's, you know, sport. Usually it's always you're going to find someone that's 150 or short or something. And... It's hard to find people my weight, my height, and my experience. It's mostly your height they fear. 
You're, you're a very you're a tall guy, and that's what they that's what seems to scare the people. Every time when we go look for a fight, then they're like, "Oh, he's too tall." I go, "What do you mean he's too tall?" You know, you guys come in at the same weight. It's not on height; it's on weight. Yeah. And but somehow you seem to scare them on your height. Yeah. And that's really what we noticed. That's just that's what we run into all the time. So nice. Other than that, it's good experience, and you know, it's always it's always a plus. So. So I, I, so after this morning, I've I kind of like built up the courage to call you out, bro. Oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. There it is. There it is. Come on, I'm calling you out, big dog. Oh, let's get it. <laughs> you know what? To be honest, I mean, obviously you were there watching him spar, and I'm in the corner. And technically, I look good in the corner. Oh yeah. I mean, that's one thing about. I used it. to you be are the flies coach. I mean, corner. El Wapo always looks good. So I used to be on the corner all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not, you haven't been in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> this corner can scare you. <laughs> no, but um, you know, I don't know. Like the whole experience was was dope. You yeah. Know what I mean? No, man, it's it's like I told you. I think a few episodes back, and I told you off off the podcast. When, when you get into this game. Man, you just fall in love with it. Then you, then, then you, you get, you get that, uh, you know, the confidence starts to build and stuff. Then, then you just want to actually experience it. You want to do it. You want to, you want to live it. Basically, this is a lifestyle. So you get to, no, you know, dope. attached to it. I dig it. I dig it. That's probably what you're feeling. You're, you're growing, my young son. You're growing. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, bro, let's set that up. Yeah, dude. I mean, boom, we'll go live, baby. Hit, hey, hit, hit my manager. Hit my manager and. But um, so anyways, what uh, other than today, today and uh, the sparring, what's what's going on in boxing? Oh, what is going on boxing? Got first, got first of all, a lot. Um, I know the last episode we didn't get to touch on the Kovalev failing a drug test. Kovalev, my man, failing the drug test. Do we know what what uh, what drug it was? As a performing Price. enhancement drugs, <coughs> steroids. Yeah, it was oh, steroids. Yeah, most, most likely. Yeah, some kind no of steroid. Kidding. And he was he was set to fight um, Beck the bully. The bully. That dude is. That dude's nasty. And, and I think I I think maybe he had to uh, juice up because that dude's a monster. Well, what's the bully's record right now? Uh, the know? bully's record. Let me pull that up for you I right now. Like sixteen and sixteen, right? Sixteen. You know, with sixteen knockouts, he's full knockouts. The bully. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is, but but while you look that up, the the whole steroids thing, like it's been plagued in boxing, whether it's it's steroids for cutting weight or performance enhancing. Um, you know, we had Birdo had to get yanked out of the uh, rematch with Victor Ortiz before Victor Ortiz fought Josita Lopez and so forth and so forth. Um, he got tagged with steroids, and um, he's six and zero. Six and oh, he's six. six and zero with five knockouts. five knockouts. Oh, really? Yeah, Edgar Berlanga is sixteen. Edgar Berlanga. Okay, so I, I yeah. mistake their their records. Uh, but yeah, the bully's still nasty, man. That guy touches you, go to sleep. So now, um, sources are are flying and rumors are grooming that the Beck the bully is calling out Edgar Berlanga. Berlanga. Very possible. Yeah, I mean it's that's a powerhouse of a fight. Two two. Two titans, it sounds. Well, I don't want to say titans, but yeah, you, you, um, the bully. What do you think? Six, six fights, five knockouts. Can we call him the bully? Not yet. Well, have Not you seen? Yet. Have you Not seen yet. his fights? You know, who's he bullying? Or now he's a Uzi school bully. Bullying. You know, he's moving on. To- <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's in the he's in the playground bullying. He's got to he's got to he's got to get to the after he's school the, the after school ones. Um, so we can't call him that yet. That's his nickname, but. We can't solidify right. him a boogie, boogeyman yet. He's no. Uh, he hasn't earned it yet. He hasn't earned it yet. Okay, but but Berlanga's nasty. Berlanga is that guy's. That guy is pretty. But 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 too, a lot of people say that a lot of those fights with Berlanga were a bunch of nobodies. I mean, I don't want to say nobodies, man. You're still a fighter in there, bro. And you're to still be honest, that, you out. always hear that he's a oh, he fought a bunch of nobodies, um, and then when you know. How do you, you know, when you say, I lost to this guy, a nobody? Well, he's somebody, he beat you. So, to say it's nobody, it's a common word that's being used. But be aware, everyone's training to knock your head off. Yeah. So, you can't just say, you know, oh, who's your next fight? Some nobody. They, you can't go that yeah. way and treat that way. Well, wasn't uh, it? It's what? an insulting thing to another fighter. You fought a bunch of nobodies, but you haven't fought me. 
that's where the statement comes in. And, and, well, and then it goes from there. Didn't Pacquiao come mm-hmm. in as a nobody? Yeah, exactly. Well, he came in like a last-minute fight, didn't he? <clears throat> yep. well, at, like, as a nobody, right? Yeah. To fight some superstar dude. I forget his name, the Jamaican guy, I think. Yeah, he came in last minute From as a nobody. right? Yeah. Yeah. And took off, took off right after that. Fight he, was, after yeah, that he became fight. a somebody after he that. He became a somebody. No, right? he became the Mexican assassin. No, afterwards. Oh, he became one, yes. But yeah. he, he had to earn that, and he finally got it. Yeah, I lost, I lost so much money against Beckham. <laughs> I, I was heavy-hearted with my Mexican roots. Oh, yeah, man, he walked through all the Mexicans. <laughs> oh, but, hey, but those, those were, his, those were his, his dopest fights, though. I think all his, his best fights were with Mexicans. Yeah, Mexicans always come to bang. They, they come to, they, they're, not, they're not coming into uh, to showboat. Per se, they're coming in to fight, man. I mean, you're talking, that's a different generation, man. You're talking uh, Barrera, Morales, Marquez. I mean, they should practically yeah, be brothers. Four, four times, four dude, they should be brothers. Four, four, yeah. be yeah. They're all four body times. snatchers. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. a body snatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a different era, though, man. Um, those are those are legendary names, legendary fights. So, is there any 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 bounce back from Kovalev filling a drug test? There's a bounce back. There bounce is a bounce back. back. You know, he, he just, just got the test clean. Clear. You know, just has to go back to the yeah, drawing with, board. With his age, do you think he's gonna be able to come back? He he is getting older, and he was never a fancy fighter. You know, he, oh, he's, he's rugged. He's rugged, strong, rugged guy. He was, was beating up Canelo. Uh, well, he was using his height beautifully. Using his length and height. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't as convinced when Kovalev fought Canelo as I was when, when I was shocked when he dropped Ward. Oh yeah. Only yeah. guy to ever drop Andre Ward. Yeah, that's true. And he mm-hmm. gave him a little trouble that he was touching him, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? It's because Ward was he wasn't quite catching the range of his height and reach. Yeah. And that's that. Then, uh, but the rematch, he learned the, the yeah, height and course, reach really well. He figured it out. Okay, this is it. Yeah. And he clearly erased that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what a real champion boxer right. does. They come back in the rematch, and they uh, they do what they do. They make the adjustments and come back for the right. W. They, yep. All right. Jaime Munguia. Jaime Munguia. First time I saw him is when he uh, he dropped, what was it, Saddam Ali. I think he, oh. he, I think he took the title from him. I, uh, I think it? so. Yeah, yeah I right? think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was a beast back then. So I'm like, Jaime Munguia is bad. He is bad. Do you a lot of power? So I, there's uh, again, there's rumors speculating about um, what well, it's about ninety five percent done. The Jaime Munguia and Triple G in May or April. That would be a terrific fight. Yeah. What do you a, think, Coach? Do you think Coach is he a little green? Well, Triple G, Triple G solidified. He's he's. Uh, bro, his last G, fight was Triple G is Triple G. Uh, he's still the man, no matter what. Based on his last performance, I think. You know, he's changing his style. He's moved, he's evolving still. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and again, he only has a small blemish, not a big blemish, a small blemish. And to me, I still say he's the top middleweight out there. What's his blemish? Canelo. Well, Canelo. Canelo. <laughs> you know, again, we can argue on that one, but, you know, I, I, I don't think he ever lost personally. So that's why I still rate him as the number one middleweight out there. And not everyone's going crazy after him. No one's hollering to go after him. Mm-hmm. Because why? They acknowledge it. You're still good. And you're the guy that can just destroy me. So why even challenge you? I'll just ignore you and move on to the next guy. But if, let, let's say, let's say he was that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he was still like, because his name is still big. Yeah. But I, I think what fighters are chasing, it's not that they're scared of you. They just want the bag. They want, want that big they, payday. They want the payday. The bag, the yeah. payday. Well, they, they want the payday without working hard for it. So I, I, I don't think I, – I think everybody's overlooking Triple G, you know, because they, not, want a, they want a bigger payday. They're not looking over Triple G. They know Triple G can knock you out. Right. Right. No, what, he's say, what he's saying is, is that they're, they're not – the risk-to-reward factor, they're not looking to fight Triple G because they're looking for a bigger name with a, with, with a lesser risk. They want more well, that's, that's always been true. That's always been day yeah. one. Yep. That's always been. That's why I said that's why it used to be rankings where you couldn't avoid it. Mm-hmm. And technically, 
uh, he would be considered ranked number one. Triple G? Triple G. In other words, I'm not going after him. And technically, he hasn't slowed down. He still looks good. He's always looked good. He's had one, you know, like I said, every fighter is titled to have a bad day in boxing. And then and then he figures out, okay, I cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're supposed to do. And again, fighters acknowledge it. They're like, I'm not going after Triple G. I'm not going after him. Because uh, you look at his past record of who he beat and who he's knocked out. And, you know, because all these guys have had spar partners one time or another. And they say, oh, I used to spar with this guy. He gave me a good fight. He knocked him out. There's no need for me to go chase this guy. And if you know anyone about Triple G, and I've heard rumors when they, I had a, a personal friend who sparred with him, and he's a lot bigger than him. And he says, for a little guy, he hits like a heavyweight. Yeah, they've always said that. So that, that so that that's in yeah. sparring. That's not even a real fight. Yeah, the, so, there was I, rumors that that uh, a lot of sparring partners would have to wear chest protectors. Yeah, when, when it was like hard sparring yeah, yeah. to prep for the fight. So I mean, it was rumored. I don't know. But. So it, it tells you right there. But he personally told me he goes, I sparred with him too much, and I'm the bigger guy, and yeah. I couldn't fight him. He's he's just too big for me. But you can't deny Triple G at the end of the day. I mean, he he he's fought he's fought just about everyone. Well, I mean, look and, at it. And he's not a guy that you knock down. No. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, no, you, no. you look at him. When you fight him, he's been standing. And, he, and he, again, he's a very intelligent fighter. You see it, and I love Pressure intelligent fighter. fighters. And I, like I said, I, I call it out. I, said, I see some intelligent fighters where they get dumb or the corner gets dumb. And so, again, Triple G, like I said, I haven't seen anything, any much blemishes on him. So. Hmm. No, I agree. No, he's, he's, he's solid. But with Mungia, a great fight. That, that that reminds me, Mungia to me is like the up the up and comer, trying to make himself a star like Teofimo Lopez did. It's the same, right? Kind of the same logic that I'm, that I'm trying to put on this. Teofimo Lopez was a a short resume, up and coming, believes in himself, willing to take on the top dog to prove because that's what a boxer is supposed to do. Exactly. And I think that's what Mungia is built from the same cloth. He's he knows what he's about. And he's, he's willing to come get it. Triple G or anyone else is willing to come get it. And that one needs to be done because I think that's part of the puzzle that's been missing. Some of these guys are just kind of picking who they want to fight yeah, for the yeah, easier yeah. money. Yeah. And forget about the, you know, they, they lost the pride of saying, hey, I am the best. Mm-hmm. And guys back in the day, I'm going to unify the whole division. Yeah. If you have a belt, I want it. Clean house. And, and you don't see that as much as you used to. When I look at it, I go, all right, you have a belt, you have a belt, but you're chasing other ones without belts. Right. And, and a lot of it is like, oh, let, let's go for the name. And if it makes more sense that way, and I get it's about the money, but at the end of the day, you're, you're still avoiding other things at the same time for really claiming that I'm the best. And that's a hard thing to say. Everyone says they're the best, but they're not showing it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Do, you think, uh, do you think Canelo, a little segue, from Triple G to Canelo real quick. Do you, do you think he's doing that by... Like, he says he's the best, right? But he's not fighting who he's supposed to fight. That's not necessarily true, and I'll tell you why. Um, do it, does it, he, of course, look how many fights he's been fighting. You know, to be honest with you when, you, when you're in training and you have a fight, believe it or not, it takes, it ages you. If you're getting beat up and all that, but yeah, even working the war, out the ages wars. you. Yeah, the wars and you put a lot of exactly. Miles on There's your body. wear and tear yeah. on the body, so I get it now and then. Hey, I just kind of want. I, I still want to be active. I want to fight. I kind of want to throw a bone at me and just to keep me active. I mean, I get it, I and mean, because everybody wants a a pay per view fight constantly, you yeah. know, hardcore. Mm-hmm. But again, that's hard on the fighter. And so he's proven himself who he is, and he, and he can claim that. He literally can't because why? Look what size he became when he, when, when he was from the beginning to where yeah. he is now. You just don't move up on weight like that, the way he does, and willing to fight. So yeah, he's, gone, he's gone up. And he, he's also never really, like I said a million times, I was skeptical of Canelo, but that dude has proved himself right. over and over. So to take a fight like this guy, how do you pronounce his name, Chubbs? Who? Um, his opponent. What was it like Hev? What's oh, Avini Yeldirim. Yeldirim. So they're saying they're saying that it's his mandatory. It's right. not his mandatory, bro. It's not his mandatory. Nah, there was a, there was a video there was a video circulating YouTube that they're fighting for the WBC belt, right? Right. 
uh, it was a statement released by the WBC stating that Canelo requested this fight. It was not a mandatory. He requested oh. to fight Avini Yeldirim. And they looked into it, right? And they just said, "Yeah, I guess." Not, fuck not it. saying he might be overlooking him. It's kind of weird. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I'm, you're hearing things in that. I heard it was a mandatory fight. It was a statement because, from the WBC, though. Right. Oh, that's saying from, from the WBC themselves, they right. said it was not his mandatory. That it was well, Canelo that reached out to them and requested to fight. I don't know how it could be his mandatory anyway, because he just his last fight. He's coming off a loss to Anthony Durrell. Right. Yeah. So. And <clears throat> if I remember correctly, he lost to Chris Eubank Jr. too. So I can't think of another notable fight, um, and not even to water it down, but it's probably Canelo. I think is stepping up, stepping on the gas. So he's putting putting more steam on his years. He's the last episode. I think we we stated that um, Canelo put out a statement that he's fighting four times a year. So if you're putting this dude, and not saying he's light work, but he's maybe not a high high caliber fighter, you put him. One out of the four, so then you got three. Like, like for instance, they're talking about Billy Joe Saunders next. That's in May. That's a fair. That's a fair. That, I mean, that's in May. Like Correct. It is. So it's already done. That's a, they're they're looking at that in May. They're okay. looking at hard. Okay. That's providing if Canelo wins. And now this is another thing in in the back hindsight um, because Canelo's team is smart. It could be possibility of a contract. Hey, you have to have this many fights. Blah blah blah. And you might just say, you know what? Throw this dude in there. Throw a bone at me so I can pass this. I can move on. Yeah. And that could be very much true because if you really, the only way you're really going to know if you personally talk to Canelo, why are you doing this? Right. Well, to be honest, I got to finish this contract out. And there's and, four fights in one year. And, and that's, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot of fights. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's that's not easy. You're, you know, it takes sometimes up to three months to train for you, your fighter. Yeah, you're training 350, uh, 357 days. So, when, and that's exactly. Year. When's Canelo fighting? Is it February? In February. In February. February, February May, uh, September, September and December. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, is a lot dude. of fights. So in all fairness, to, take this, this fight, to, to say that, it's, it's, this is a good thing. You can't expect mm-hmm. all world titles every second. He ain't Mayweather, bro. You know, yeah. so. He ain't Mayweather, bro. Well, let's Mayweather be honest. Mayweather <laughs> fought every, you know, Mayweather didn't fight. He fights every two years. No, no, he fought twice a year. Twice Cinco on the Mayo. Mexican, that Cinco was, the Mayo. Which, which and, was and Mexican, rare for him to do Mexican that. Mexican Independence Day. Which is rare. But they were all mega fights. Correct. He fought, you know, top. So, but, again, so, I, I can't really talk smack on Canelo. No, I can't either, Did Mayweather ever move out of the welterweight division? Never. Never, nope. yeah. He was the truly the king of it. In yeah. other words, a lot of people, the, that was the problem from the get-go from Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Let's be honest, Manny Pacquiao did not want to fight at 147. And Mayweather says, how can you claim to be a Walter weight if you don't fight at 147? He wanted a catcher's weight. And Mayweather goes, if you want to fight the king, you have to fight the Walter weight title because that's the belt I won. And he did beat the belts at 147. Uh-huh. Manny did not want that. If you guys don't believe me, go back from day one and you'll see it. No, I believe it. Manny, hey, Manny how, was a catchweight king. Yeah. How Correct, come, How yes. come Manny never wanted to take a, a, a drug test? From a blood. Oh man, it was so many. Again, you we well you they can say make, they you say can make say arguments. If, obviously, <laughs> I'm Filipino. You go, you're crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but again, um, that's an argument to make. But personally, he should have made it. Unless if you're not dirty, if yeah. he didn't want to yep. do a true blood test, then for fifty million dollars that was promised to you, crazy, and you turned it down. That kind of tells me you're dirty. And crazy. I mean, who turns down $50 million? Any Maybe. fighter. No yeah. one does. Yeah. And he turned it down. Because he was afraid of needles, but he has tattoos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that kind of, and you know, it was kind of, you know, he came, if you look from the history, he really became a, you know, he was a small guy. Yeah. They kept growing and, and growing. growing and Not growing. just growing, he was knocking people out. Like he had this amazing, amazing people. power coming with him. He broke, he, so a guy, and not, not to cut you off, Coach, right. I just want to make the statement that I tell everyone that talks about Pacquiao. Yeah, we just, he's just a knockout machine. He's he, he's more than a knockout machine. This guy, when he couldn't knock out a guy, when when a guy couldn't be knocked out, uh, case in point, Antonio Margarito, the guy had a chin Stop made of freaking right. iron. The guy couldn't be knocked out. What happened? His face broke. That's uh-huh. how he was walking through people. And this dude was almost double his size. Right. Walking through people. And that was people. a big weight division. Huge. Huge. Um, you know, so when finally he fought Mayweather... And he didn't look as big, 
and he didn't look like he hit as hard. As sharp. Nope. He, he had he had nothing on Mayweather, and because he had to do the blood test. Yeah. Well, he, he, it was he, the Olympic blood test. He fired his nutrition, didn't he? And he after he <laughs> yeah, fired those, his those, nutrition, don't make me get into that story. Yeah. After yeah, he fired his nutrition, he, he 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 lost all kinds of mass. Alex, uh, Alex Ariza. Well, he yeah. lost a lot of power and speed. It seems right. like because once Alex Ariza was out of the picture, in my opinion, if you if you can go back and look at look at the the fights that he had, Alex Ariza in his corner. Who's Alex Ariza? Alex Ariza was a strength and conditioning coach. Correct. That, that was with uh, with uh, Freddie Roach. Correct. And when they started asking him what was going on in his in his regiment, his routine, he didn't really want to give it up, and, and they ended up whatever the case was, they they let him go and they fired him. And once he was gone, he stopped walking through people and he stopped knocking people out. He had a, he had that that layoff of knockouts where people were like, eh, "Man, he's, we still want to watch him, but he's not knocking anyone out." And another, just coincidentally, I guess, in my theory, who hires Alex Ariza, the same guy, uh, the Garcia camp, right? For who? For Marcos Maidana when he fought Adrian Broner. What happened? The guy threw a hundred and some punches around. Collapsed Adrian Broner's career, pretty much derailed yep. his career. That you know, That's I mean, true. we all saw that fight. It was a me- very memorable fight where he, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, dethroned the, um, you know, the, the little the fake, the fake ass Mayweather. The, the, no, the uh, what the what, what did my Donna call him? Mayweather's little sister. Oh, <laughs> <where's> the- <laughs> that guy's a savage. My Donna's a savage. He's like, hey, somebody come get his little sister. <laughs> but um, right after that fight, Garcia Camp from what I understand, fired him for the same reason or some reason around that. And you look at the, I'm sorry, that, that's incorrect. They kept him on. He got the Mayweather fight. They did the first Mayweather fight. They kept Alex, Alex Ariza on for the first Mayweather fight. And you, you noticed the punch volume and a lot of people got excited. Look at all, look, look how he's trying to bully him and he's not getting tired, not getting tired. Then... Then they let him go for the second, the rematch when he fought Mayweather the second time, and then the outcome is different. Less punches, you know, a little slower. And I don't know, to me, that's just my theory. It, it just seems strange to me that when this guy shows up, people are, you know, these unstoppable well, you athletes. Always, you always say he's always, like, pouring something in their mouth in between rounds, right? That, there's YouTube videos that, that show, you know, weirdness. But who knows, you know, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's, we, we don't know. We're not really there. They'll have little coincidentally, secrets. Coincidentally, you know. <clears throat> but it, how true is this, Coach? Also, um, you know, I'm not pointing fingers, but right. um, I, I also watched a video with uh, Robert Garcia that outlines how mental it is, and no one would know this better than you. Where boxing is is is, is nothing like golf, but the analogy is that it's very mental. Um, you know, athleticism takes you so much. You got to be smart. It's it's not a checkers game; it's a chess game. You got to be smart, and. It's so mental that Robert Garcia outlines that there was times where, where in certain, um, certain states that allow it, where you're able to drink uh, water or, or do they allow Gatorade? You know, in the past, they do not. And I've seen it. So I've I, seen Gatorade. I, I'm going, why is Gatorade being put in? Back in the days when we fought, it had to be water, nothing but water. And like open like or, or something like that. Right? right. So it really, Gatorade, again, when I looked at that, it's kind of funny you said that. And I'm going, huh, well, he's kicking up his electrical lights. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, so yeah. it kind of, it, it, I get it. It's fair if both parties are doing it. Does sure. that make sense? Well, my, the, the reason I bring it up is because I don't recall if it was Gatorade or, some, or some, something of that sort. Um, obviously, the Garcias, are, they're, they're straight shooters and they, they abide by the commission rules. They have to. Um, but he, he, in the video, he says, "Are the trainers in, in our time would they, they would play a, a strategy with the fighter without him knowing? Right? They would get in his head like, hey, 'Hey, I'm going to give you this water. Do not drink it. Just wash your mouth out, spit it out. It's just water. Spit it out. I don't want you to drink it. But when I tell you to drink from the other one, the 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 unopened one or whatever, something right. like that.'" That one I want you to drink. So the fighter maybe mentally thought it was something crazy or something, some kind of trick, when really he goes, it was just water. It just made him think that it was something crazy and gave him a little boost. Gave him a little placebo. Yeah, a little boost, yeah. Well, you know, every coach and trainer has to find a niche to how to motivate their fighters. And to be honest, just because you have five fighters, you can't really preach the same thing to each one of them. Mm. Each one's different. Yeah. And and, in some of them, you know, 
it, it takes a special person as a fighter to really want to do this sport. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's you far from being the easiest. And, you know, everybody wants to fight until they get into a battle and then realize, I don't want to be here. And, you, you know, nobody, dig. after a while, there's no fighters that like affliction whatsoever. No one. Right. You know, they want to go in a fight saying, I, I went 12 rounds and not one scratch. Every fighter wants that. Yeah. So, but it, it, it's, it's mental by far. And it's really a job of a coach to motivate your fighter at all times. You know, sometimes he's probing to see what, what triggers it. Mm-hmm. You know, is it yelling? Is it talking about his family? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's really, you know, it, it, there's, it, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Sometimes I actually, I, if I'm not getting my, my fighter's attention, I'll put my hand on his shoulder and pinch him really? just to let him know. And he goes, oh, I got it. You're looking at me. You know, so there's a, because in the corner of, when you're in the fight in the corner, when he's in the still sitting, he's not always listening to you because he's in his mind he's, he's and analyzing game, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes, and, I, and I've been here, here before as well, where you'll tilt your head to the right and you see a girl and you're like, oh, she looks more entertaining than being in a fight. <laughs> so, and all fighters have been there. All yeah, fighters yeah, have been yeah. there, or like there's, you know, they think about, man, did I leave my car unlocked? There's a lot of things that goes in your head, sure. and I mean, I've even done this where I'm like, God, I hope the guy quits, yeah. you know. Yeah. So that's really so, so. There's a feedback, but for the fighter, he needs the corner to embrace him and, and and help him and say, hey, I need your help, and I believe in you. Help me. What am I missing here? Yeah. And that happens a lot. And that's a team so, thing. What yeah, was going through your mind? Bro, this morning when you were sparring? Well, usually always after, I always sit down first and I always try to recover. I'm always just focused on my breathing, my breathing, my breathing. And I close my eyes and I tell coach, you know, I'll tell him, like, tell me what I got to do. Tell me what you see. Tell me, tell me, uh, do I got to, you know, move around more? What, what shots do I, what am I not throwing? What am, what, like he said, what am I not seeing? Yeah. And, and I'll just close my eyes and the whole time I'm just focusing on breathing, trying to recover getting as much energy as I can in that one minute mm-hmm. and you know he's here telling me this and this and you know you gotta move around you gotta uh, uh, throw uh, your right hand to the body more uh, you gotta stick and move box him don't brawl with him he wants to throw you in the corner get in the center of the ring and the whole time I have my eyes closed and I'm picturing him what he you know doing it in the ring as he's you know, telling me so your your eyes are closed bro while you're throwing blows no never close your eyes in the fight no. <laughs> never I was like what God. No, no, okay, like, for instance, real quick, like, when you guys were brawling in the second round, and then the first thing coach, well, not the first thing, but when the coach was like, slide out, slide out, slide out to the body, slide out to the body. After the third time, bro, you slid out straight to the body, and the dude kind of, like, buckled. Whoa, and I was just like, like, things like that. Like, I hear him, and I'm like... I don't see it, but he's telling me for a reason, so yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. Dude, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what, as, as, I can't speak on the level of, like, Eric and Matias and all these guys, but I've been in enough sparring sessions where I'm amazed of the coach's ability to foresee things, whether it's experience or we just can't see it because we're looking straight at the guy, picturing or trying to imagine where he's going to miss, you know, to slip his punch so he doesn't knock your head off. Whatever it may be, but there's been times where I was sparring and, you know, the man Joe Goosen was telling me, he, I'd come back to the corner and he's like, hey, this kid's green, so he's going to come take your head off. So I want you to jab him and keep your distance. Remember that he's going to come take your head off. Let, let, him, you know, let him swing, make him miss, but don't let him get confident. Pop him, put him back in his place. So I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking he's not being aggressive. You know, I'm thinking that in my head. <clears throat> not being aggressive, but... Maybe he sees something. I don't know. Come out. What does a kid do? I see a mean overhand right coming, duck, move, overhand right coming, move, and then pop him back. Then he slows down. And I'm like, how? Like, it's amazing. How they just know They know how it's going to come and about. And what it is, and I'll tell you, um, as a fighter, when you see your opponent, you're looking at one dimension. Just, just as, as, a, one, as a, In the as, fighter's eyes. That's a fight. Right. right. But as a trainer, I always say, I, I go, you're only looking at one dimension, but when I'm you there seeing see you, both. I'm seeing three dimensions. Three dimensions. I see more than what you're seeing. Ah. I'm I. You only see only part of it. I see the whole thing. Yeah, you only see what's in so front of you. So I when I look if else. I when like if you were observing today, Robert, when 
Big Chubbs, coach. Big Chubbs, sorry. Sorry, Big Chubbs. <laughs> Big Chubbs, Robert's dead. Big Chubbs, where I was just strictly looking at Eric's opponent the whole time. I already know what Eric is capable of doing. So I was looking at of his opponent, and I go, okay, I see what he's trying to do. Then I, I call out what needs to be done and, and because what I'm seeing. And, um, and like I told him, I'm seeing a very discouraged guy who wants to be with you. <laughs> and Damn. I said, you just got to keep reminding them. And a lot of times when guys like that, they really want to quit, but they can't. Yeah. They're not taught to quit. Right. And yeah, nobody wants to quit. No right. one wants to quit. He's not quitting, but his body and his face is saying another thing. Yeah. And you can see that, like. He just wants to get past <sighs> those two, three minutes. Uh, when is the bell going to ring? Yeah. You know, oh, my goodness. Where, where can I go? I can, I can run, but I can't hide in this ring. Right. And, and you can see it. And I can say you're breaking him down. You're breaking him. Just continue what you're doing. And, and this is a thing where I want to see Eric, like, okay, now we're in a battle. Let me see you work. I need to know where. Let's see how the conditioning is coming out. Because, all you know, it, you know and that's, that's what I look for. And that's what most coaches look. You know, it, it's, uh, for me, when I'm looking at Eric, I don't just look at his hands. I look at where his footwork is, what his feet are doing, mm. how he's shifting his hips. Uh, is he squatting? How's his defense? Where's his hands? Um, is he lazy with the right hand? Is he, you know, and is his eyes closed? Is he looking the other way? Because I can tell, uh-oh, he's looking to bail out. I, can, I would know that. And I said, no, he's still in the fight. You know, then I said, okay, when he comes back to the corner, okay, here's what I'm seeing. And that's what you look for. And then he says, oh, okay. And that's how it, it should be. No, it, it's an incredible thing. It's not, you, you're, you know, you're talking so fluidly like it's, like it's no big deal. It's, it's incredible how you coaches can see that and foresee things right. and know how it's going to come about. And you're really controlling um, the fight in a right. sense. You know, and it's, I, I always found it incredible. After that day, seeing it, like actually doing it, I was like, how the hell does he know that? Like, how would he know he was going to come do that? And, you know, obviously you guys know your experience. It was, it was funny, bro, because, um, like, right before the fight started, I told Eric, I was like, hey, bro, do me a favor. I was like, I was like, give him some licks for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. Of course you'd say that. Bro, he was like, where do you want me to lick him? <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, don't lick him, bro. That means, you know, hit him up, touch him up. He was like, oh, he was like, he's like, where do you want me to lick him? I was like, nah, bro. Hey, but but before we get off, before we get off the training topic, if all else fails, you guys ever seen the the? I think it's round seven or nine. Lucas Matisse and Danny Garcia. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah. When Danny was getting touched up a lot, and it was it was a toss-up fight for me. Although I should have known better, but at the time I was a big Matisse fan. I'm like, this is a toss-up. I don't know who. This is a pay-per-view fight on an undercard. And in that round, for those of you who didn't see it, Lucas Matisse was this knockout machine, just coming for everyone, putting people to sleep before they hit the ground. Danny Garcia was a you know top-notch uh, welterweight. Oh, I'm sorry, 140 pounder. And uh, in this mega fight. In the seventh or ninth round, Danny Garcia is getting touched up, and and um, I forget what he says, but the, the his dad is his trainer, Angel Garcia. He basically gets in front of him and slaps the shit out of him. Pop out, and he goes, he goes, wake the fuck up! What are you doing? And Danny gets up and he like woke him up, and he's like, all right, let's go. And ring the bell, and he goes and puts work on Lucas Matisse. Bad. I mean, yep. I don't condone putting you know your hand on fighters, but it well, was it, it was crazy. What to he see. Needed. Think That's about it. That's a father exactly. and son, and he knows his son. Yes. And, and you know he could get away with it. Sure. In other words, if. Another trainer was to slap him. He'd look at him. What the hell did you just do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's his father's. And his father knows what he ticks. Knows yeah. That's why he can and, get and away he, with and it. And you're absolutely right, Eric. That's exactly what he needed. Because he got up, and, and, and you could see in his face, he was like, all right, let's go, let's go. And he, he rang the bell, and he went out and put in work. It was a great, great, uh, great uh, scene in the Without a doubt. Boxing, yeah. Exactly. All right, so so back to this Canelo shit real quick. <laughs> Against uh, the Yeldering. That's... that's uh, I don't know, man. That, that's a bullshit Coming fight. Coming off of lost Anthony Durrell, mm. so whatever, so maybe. they're overlooking, they're overlooking this a lot fight, of fighters. right? Uh, next month in February, hey, February twentieth is a stacked fucking day for boxing. February twentieth. February twentieth is a stacked day for boxing. Drop it. What is it? You got Oscar Valdez, my man. Right. You got Canelo, my man. 
And then you got fuck, there's like four major fights on February twentieth. Top Canelo, rank isn't Canelo fighting the twenty seventh? Is it? I think it's the twentieth. I think it's the twentieth. I think it's the twentieth. Oscar Valdez is an exciting fighter. Anybody who's not keeping an eye on Oscar Valdez, tune in, man. That guy's exciting. As By the way, he used to train here at and Supreme Boxing. He used Boxing. to train here at uh, Supreme Boxing. FYI, I saw that, and it was my first. It was the first pro fighter I ever saw, you know, up front and personally. You know, I got to meet him and everything. And Oscar know. Valdez. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, you know, he's a very nice guy, and you know, seeing that, I was like, whoa, you know, starstruck. You know? Nice. You're right. It's the 27th. My bad. Oh, my. Sorry. You know what? Oh, I'm through with Chubbs, man. I'm fired. <laughs> I'm through. First, he kills. Don nah, King. I didn't kill Don King, bro. Oh, yeah, you Cole. did. You did, too, kill Cole. Don King. Coach killer. I, I replayed that episode in my truck, driving uh, driving back from L.A., and I remember hear, even hearing it in my voice, and I'm like, Don King died? And you guys are like, yeah. Oh, I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I didn't even hear about it. And I had heard about Larry King. I just didn't put two and two together. Well, there you uh, go. <laughs> Pay more attention. I know, right? <laughs> I blame you guys. <laughs> nah, don't, don't blame hey, Don, So, yeah, correction. Don, Don King is very much alive, guys. It was Larry King. Still Sorry, kicking. Don King. Only in America. <laughs> There's another boxer that, that passed away yesterday. I forgot his name. Um, really? It's an old-time boxer. Let me think. Leon oh, Spinks. Leon Spinks. Leon Spinks. Yes. Oh, I did not hear that. I did not hear Leon Spinks. Yep. Rest in wow. peace to the Spinks family. Um, wow. I saw him two years ago. Oh, really? I have really? a picture of him, and I took a picture together oh, and, um, in Vegas. Oh, nice. And, it, you know, it was kind of a sad thing I was seeing. And he was in a wheelchair. Oh, oh really? And, and I looked at him. I go, oh, I go, that's Leon Spinks. And, um, and nobody was really hovering over him. And he was, he was signing autographs. So I came up to him, and um, I have a, a tattoo for people that don't know Muhammad Ali on me. Mm. And so I showed a picture of my uh, tattoo, and he, and he looked and he smiled, and, and he says, oh, yes, I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty. And then I told him I own a boxing gym, and then we got to talking. So we're, so we're talking, and real decent guy. And so behind there was a line building up to see him. Mm. And one of the guys says, hey, you need to move on. And Leon says, no, I'm still talking to him. Nice. Oh, and he really goes, nice. back, sit down with me. That's so I have a picture cool. I can show you sitting down together with him. And, uh, but my wife was saying when she was taking pictures, she goes, boy, the things you started talking, he had a real smile. He wasn't smiling in the beginning. But you, you put a smile on his face and you mm. can see it. And he just, and she goes, it was funny. The guy was like, you need to move. And, he's, and Sphinx says, no, he stays here. We're still talking. Yeah. And he goes, sit down. So we sat down and we talked. And a no uh, cool. real nice guy. And, and, I, cool. and it, to be That's honest, really cool. nobody was really paying much attention to him. Mm. And, and I hate to say it, but it looked like, you know, he, he, he might have passed away broke. That's how bad really? it was. Yeah. Oh, man, That's, That's how terrible. bad it was because uh, the autographs were not that expensive. And it was just kind of sad. And, um, but, um, but a great guy talking to him. That's good. So, well, rest in peace. Yeah, for sure. Rest in peace, Leon Spinks. Who's 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 the not the biggest, but the coolest, like the most memorable per, uh, fighter you've met? Ooh, big wow. chubs. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> to be honest, um, it, it when I was fighting professionally, really no one. That, that's kind of the a fighter has. You know, mm. like, um, but back in your head, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm, I'm with this person. And, but you didn't want to show the emotion because you were too cool as a mm. fighter. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it really, it was kind of hard to say. It, it was, that didn't hit me too later. Uh, Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until later when I was out of boxing and, and said, oh, I can't wait to meet to this guy. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I met this person. Yeah. But daring that going on era, and I was like, I ran into all of them. I Meaning, when I said it's a small circle, you're gonna run into each other. Yeah. And but you can't go to a gym to spar and get all Google and not crazy about no, it like yeah, a little you girl. You can't. And, do that. and you know it kind of ruins it. So it really, for the most part, maybe I was holding it inside, but I wouldn't show it outside. Got it. 
and I'm cool like that. So, <laughs> but um, inside you were screaming like a little girl. Uh, pretty much, I'll be honest with you. It, 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 to this day, I still do it. So it's kind of weird. So I don't really show that excitement. Like, oh my goodness, I'm with you. Um, no, but you don't have like a member. Was was probably Leon the the, the most memorable type? Uh, well, no. I mean, for me to be honest, when I was when I saw I, I was sitting down with him, feeling, wow, this is the guy that fought Muhammad Ali. I have the, I know exactly what you mean. And you know, and he beat Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You know, so I was thinking about that. And I go, and that's what we were talking about. You know, you know what a, you know his his great moment was beating Muhammad yeah. Ali, and that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I was happy to see him, and, and to meet him. So, yeah. so. So it wasn't like a like a photography moment. It was more of a like a, more like a, a mutual kind of a exactly. conversation a exactly so it it was really i could have sat there and kept rapping with him for like an hour i could have, in fact i could have said hey yeah. let's go out to dinner yeah, that, that, so that's that's exactly what i mean you know it, it I, I could have easily done that and yeah. you know i had no idea he was in a wheelchair when i looked i go oh you're in a wheelchair um so i didn't know that um but very you know i've heard you know back in the days people we, we used to talk negative about him and um about who about him you know, meaning like, oh, he's dumb. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. The way he talked to him. But, but the guy was a very, you know, talking to him, he's a very intelligent guy. Yeah. And you can see it. It was just, he just, you know, he was a world champion, but he wasn't like the status of Muhammad Ali. Right, and that's, right, you know, right. you're under the shadow of Muhammad Ali. It doesn't matter how good you look. You know, you're going to, and so. You're not Muhammad Ali. And, and again, the appreciation was really, wasn't really there for him Got that it. he should have, you know. Got Even it. when he won Muhammad Ali, it, wasn't, it was more, people were more pissed off about it. Then, yeah, than praise him. Exactly. Yeah. So, but very likable guy when I was talking to him. And I could have hung out with him. And then I knew maybe I better move because there's people lining up and I didn't want to stop his money rolling. There you go. So, but it was a pleasure to meet him. Very good. Hey, so do you guys think that Billy Joe Saunders is the Canelo of Europe? He's, he's supposed to be. That's what they said. Because that's going to be in May. May for Cinco de Mayo. Billy Joe Saunders is no Ooh. joke. I mean, watch his reel. Watch his highlights, man. He's, he's no joke. Do I think he beats Canelo? Probably not. There you go. No. Oh, man. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's the See the smile? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, that's cool. Have you, do you have a memorable like memorable meeting with the, with the, with the fighter? Fighter. I haven't really met that many fighters. You met professional me? Professional fighters. Oh, yeah. Besides you. <laughs> <laughs> no? What, what about um, you, Chaz? The only um, fighter I, fought, I met was Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez. That's current, you know, or... Fernando oh, Vargas. I met, I met uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. In, uh, oh, no shit. Yeah, he was uh, going to Corona. He's, uh, there was a grand opening of the WSS on 6th Street. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they had him, you know, signing stuff. And if you wanted an autograph, you would have to buy... So if you... If you wanted like a guarantee, you meet him. You have to buy something fifty dollars or more in the store, and then come back really? with the receipt. But if you wanted, you know, just to you know, take your chances on just meeting him, you just go in the back of the line. Mm. So, you know, I went in there, I bought a hoodie. I'm pretty sure you guys seen it, the, the Under Armour hoodie mm. I would wear. Uh, you know, we bought that. You know, me and my dad went to go meet him because I know my dad. He asked me if I wanted to meet him, and I'm like, I know he was fanboying out too because he's a huge. Who would like, fanboy out? Him. Yeah, dude. He's always like telling me. Throw your hook like he does. <laughs> fight like him. Fight like him. Fight like him. Fight like him. Everybody fight like Julio Cesar yeah, Chavez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Don't we all wish, man? You know, I met him, and I was like, oh. The first thing I thought is like, you're smaller than I thought. <laughs> yeah, he's a small dude, he's man. Smaller. His son, though, Chavez <laughs> Jr., that fucker is huge. But yeah, but Chavez Jr. likes to wear high heels and shit. <laughs> Where did that come from? He was doing that shit on Instagram. He did. He did? He did. Oh, I, I looked at that. I go, what, what the hell was that about? Wearing a mini skirt, dog. Yeah. Chavez Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I hated it. When I seen that, I go, what the hell are you pulled the De Hoya? Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. I, it, it's, just, it's just, I go, what a weird cat. Why would you do that? Really? I mean, why do you, I, I get, and you know, the only reason I saw it, I go, he is looking for some attention. Yeah, and I've got to check that out. Something. I didn't get what you guys were talking about with the heels. I just thought you guys were talking smack. No, you know? it's, you make a fucking. He had a purse, uh, mini skirt, a purse, and a purse, and high heels. Yeah, yeah. like what a cross dresser. Hell, like a cross dresser. Yeah. Um, oh, and I know what. It's kind of funny when I saw that, and I could only see um, Chavez Senior looking at it like. Fuck, are you doing? Like what? You know, he really, he's like, name. you know, Jesus. you know. All I can think is, you are adopted. I'm letting everybody know that, right? Yeah, you man, know, and it's really that's what I see it. Man. 
What? What about you, Chun? Did you meet anybody? I know you met like um, Fernando Vargas. Vargas, but anybody else is memorable? Um, you know, I, I met Gar Mikey Garcia at at a club in Orange County. Um, Dude, have you met a boxer outside of a club? Jesus, man! Uh, Everyone's in a club. Oh, that's right. Taking huh? your chicks, bro. No, that day I was rolling solo. I took some chicks home that night. Nice. Um, I met Mikey Garcia at a, at a club. I met Abner Modis at the same club that I met nice. Mike Garcia in. And then I met Fernando Vargas at a club, too. And that's it. Interesting. If you come to enough amateur fights, you'll see pro boxers come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And who do we saw? Um, you recognized him. Um, Virgil Hill. Virgil Hill. Yep. Yeah. I noticed that guy, and I go, man, I go, that guy looks like Virgil Hill, but heavier and older. Mm. And then I looked at him and go, Virgil. And I go, damn it, I knew it. I went up to him. I go, Virgil. And he goes, yeah. I go, oh, man. And I started rapping with him. Just like, you know. And he's like, you're a rapper, coach? I'm a rapper, you know. Damn. Broke it down. Dang, man. I broke it down he, and he we, loved it. You know the hangar in Orange County? The the brewery? The hangar. No, the, the, the uh, it's called the hangar. It's like StubHub miniaturized. It's, oh. in, it's in a hangar. And they do fights there. Oh, no way. Oh, off, out, off, off, not out Toro Road. Um. Oh, I know Irvine Center. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. I know what you're talking about. Yes. So they, they hold smaller. Right. Smaller. Little venues. Uh, yeah, small venue fights. Um, I went there with a, with a buddy of mine, and they had a lot of Cincinnati fighters on the card. They had uh, Juan Funes fought that night. That's why that's the reason we went. And who was there out of Cincinnati? Adrian Bronner. Mm. And who was a crowd after? It was, this was when he was in his, you know, up-and-coming superstardom. The crowd was all falling the dude was literally going from side to side like trying to get away from people and people were just all over and i look over i don't really like the fanboy a lot and you know not to do my heart but uh, you know i got pictures of mayweather i got a long list of pictures <laughs> but um i look over while everyone's like trying to try and chase him down i look over and who do i see mickey ward ah I ran no, into Mickey Ward. No I got a great story to tell you. I'm glad you said that. No one was around him. I'm like, dude, this is Mickey Ward. And for people who don't know who Mickey Ward is, it's the if you watch the movie The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale, Mark Mark Wahlberg plays Mickey Ward. He went after that movie, what the movie portrayed, he went on to fight Arturo Gatti for one of the most memorable fights in boxing history. Um, trilogy, right? Yeah. Yes. Trilogy. So anyway, Mickey Ward's standing there by himself, and my buddy's like, hey, you know who that is? And I'm like, Mickey Ward? He goes, dude, that's Mickey Ward. So we walked up to him. We're like, hey, man, good to meet you, Mickey. And he's like, hey, hey, to totally cool guy. But it was so much different than meeting, like, Adrian Bronner, where he's like, quick picture, get out of my way, quick picture, get out of my way. Um, the guy was just so down to, down to earth, cool, and, and it just strikes me so odd that no one else was really like trying to talk to him. It was so strange. I, I give you a good story. We're in L.A., and we were at the, um, the Hall of Fame, mm. and um, so we were coming down the elevator, and Mickey Ward was just he was sit, standing there waiting for his ride. His ride never showed up, huh. and I looked and I go, and this is before he was fighting Arturo Gatti, so it's before, way, oh, it's way, way way before that. My, my situation was like 2000. No, this is before 14. before I fought Gotti. Okay. And then I go, and I go, oh, you you're Mickey, right? He goes, yeah. I go, oh, what are you standing here? My ride's not here. I don't know where it's at. I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm leaving. I could take you where you need to go. <laughs> so I ended up had him in my car. Really, you drove? Him yeah, yeah, drove that's him crazy. Coach, coach was an Uber before Uber yeah. was invented. So, um, First Uber. I was, well, you ever heard Chuck, Bodak? Chuck, no. Chuck, oh, a famous guy. He was he was a famous cup man, and he mm. was and so I was given. That's why we were there because Chuck Bodak needed a drive a ride. He couldn't really drive it. He couldn't really see that well. And Chuck Bodak, when when I was talking to Mickey, he, this guy he's the ball headed guy that puts stickers all over his head. Oh, okay. No. The yeah. Chavez guy, Chavez cut guy, Chuck Bodak. Yeah, he was everyone's cut. Oscar's cut, and I could tell you some good stories about that. He's no stitch. So, friend. but I remember he and. Um, so when we came down, and uh, so I was talking to Chuck's out there flipping everybody off, and, and that's what he does when you take a picture. Hey, can I take a picture? Yeah, with his finger. Fuck you. <laughs> and but the nicest guy in the world, even though he says fuck you, he was giving money away. 
The oh, guy yeah. gave money all the time. If you, if you, were, if you walked up, he'd give you a $20 bill. So he had a bunch of ones, just giving ones to everybody. So, and if he felt like you needed it, he gave you $20. So this is the kind of guy he was. Um, great guy. Great. Chuck is just uh, anybody that knows him. And, but the reason why we're at Bonnage Hotel was, you know, it was um, the Hall of Fame where all the, all the boxers were there. Mm. And he needed a ride there. So he was, you know, I was a VIP because of him. Hmm. So when we sat down and Oscar Del Hoyo was in front of me and um, then Roger... Senior was in front. Roger Mayweather? Yes, was in front. I was, uh, um, and I had, oh, what was the guy sitting by me? I have pictures of all this. Uh, Sugar Shane Mosley was right beside me. Oh, wow. So anyways, here's the funny part. So so we sit, we sit behind Oscar, and Oscar goes, turns was around. Was he wearing lingerie? No. But <laughs> he turns around. Oscar goes, hey, Chuck. And Chuck goes, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And he was probably telling me, I, I don't want to get into why he was doing it, but he, but he looked at him and Oscar looked and he's like, uh, okay. No, oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Was not, so then that's when I met um, Roy Jones Jr. Oh, dear. Dang. Roy Jones Jr., you know, I, he was standing by, we're at the hotel in the hallway. He's standing by himself, you know, and I'm like, damn, I can't believe that's Roy Jones Jr. standing by himself. So I go, hell, that's a great opportunity to go talk to him. Yeah. And because I was a huge Roy Jones Jr. fan. So talking to him. And uh, also Hopkins was there, and Hopkins can talk. When you gave him the mic, you couldn't get him off. Oh, that sounds he, like you, Coach. Oh, well, hell no. Let me keep on talking. Let me tell you what happened. So it was amazing just listening to Hopkins talk, and he was promoting his himself. Uh, I'll fight. This was before he fought Oscar. Mm. And he says, you know, I'll, I'll fight Oscar. I'll fight Mosley. I'll fight I'll fight anybody here. Just give me a fight, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it was really like I said, it was entertaining day that, uh, that night. So. Nice. But yeah, that's when you said Mickey. Yeah. So when we came down on the elevator, Mickey was standing. His ride wasn't there, so we ended up giving him a ride. ride. That's awesome. That's pretty so, dope. That's cool. I want to give a quick little shout out. Uh, welcome back, Jesse Martinez. Oh yeah. 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 Back from Mexico. Welcome back. You know, glad you had a a very good recovery. It's yes, only going to get better. Uh, we can't wait to have you on the sh on, on the pod, bro. So hit us up. Yeah. You know, we're glad you're doing good. Also, earlier today was announced Matias' next fight. Um, Matias Radcliffe is fighting in Tijuana on February 20th. Mm. And, you know, so. Let's go, champ. So be on the lookout Let's for go, that. Let's go, champ. That's not too, that's not too far for us. No. Also, um. Give a little shout out to Right Hook Roxy, who's uh, she's 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 fighting uh, next month, March six. March six. All right, mm -hmm. Right Hook Roxy, left. She's uh, going up against La Dinamita. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's gonna be in Mexico as well. Um, you know, so those are nice up and coming. Heck yeah. Uh, fights to watch, notable fights. You know, so um, shout out to them. And everybody else, man, you know, Oscar Valdez is fighting soon. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, good stuff. Good stuff is on Very the way. Good. That's going to be a good fight. Very good. Hey, and, uh, get ready, Donkey. Jay Kang. Donkey. Like I called you uh, when we were going up to Tarzan at uh, see Matias, man. Want to get you on here next uh, in the next couple episodes. So get ready, baby. That's right. right. That's right. Hey, that, he'll tell you himself. Well, he was on the live be a today. a lot of good looks on this podcast, man. Woo. He, he was on the live. He was on the live. Today. Oh, he was on the live. Yeah. Oh, my man. All right, yeah, Donkey, so. get ready, baby. <laughs> no, so it was cool. Um, anything you want to say, Eric? Uh, no, I'm good, man. Just yeah. All good, all good. Coach? Um, no, I'm good right now as well. I'm usually I like to talk, but you got me on this one here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lou Almighty. Well, we said it all, man. Like I said before, I told you Ryan Garcia was dodging everybody because he wanted to fight Pacquiao. Although the fight is not signed and confirmed it's yet. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. Not going to happen. No. It's too much of a weight difference. No, that's why it's not signed, bro. Exhibition it or not, it's not going to happen. It's too much of a weight difference. So now, what is it, Teofimo? Teofimo is saying that um, Tank, Ryan, and Devin Haney haven't done half the shit that he's done. So until they do what he's done, he's going to fight him. Who's going to fight him? Uh, Teofimo. You're going to fight who? Whenever they, whenever they do, you know, whenever they fight world-class fighters like Teofimo fought to come up 
and do their due diligence. Until then, he won't fight him? Yep. Oh, damn, that was crazy. And he uploaded that yesterday. Like, I, I um, get it, bro. Ride your wave. But it, say Tank calls him out tomorrow. He's not going to fight him? He, he's a right. world champion. Right. Exactly. So Tank is I, a solidified right world champion. I'm just saying that's what... He's uh, really the top crazy. dog in himself. So yeah. He's really a threat. Um, like I, said, I love Ryan. Um, still a little bit green, even though he's got a good record. But he's still got more work to do. Yeah, he's got a lot of work to do. So and what's Devin what's next for Ryan Garcia then? Devin Haney? He's got, he's, got, he's got a lot of fighters in that. Linares. Linares would be perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. Up so. next would be perfect. I like Linares too. That would be, yeah. be another test for him, I think. Linares comes... Linares reminds me of Jose de Lopez. He's coming to work, regardless of who you are, your name, whatever. He's coming to give you work. And it's... They... they that That is the next logical step for Ryan Garcia Linares. Then after that, you know... No, you're not knocking Tank out in two rounds. I just don't see that. Oh, no, hell no. Of course not. That's not going to happen. No. Nope. Right now, it's just talk. Yeah. So. Mikey Garcia's in the gym, too. Who? Yeah, who's he fighting? I love Mikey. He wants man. to fight Bud Crawford. Ooh, that's not smart. That's, no, it's not. <laughs> that's not smart. Come Why? on. Why? Come on. The, the top 147s Fuck, are not man. chasing him. Why is he not going? You know, let, let's get real. Um, I mean, you, saw what he, you, you saw what happened with Spence. Hey, hey, uh, to the same defense, though, I'm not saying you're wrong, Coach, but yeah. but look at what Spence did to, to Porter. Look what he did to uh, Danny Garcia, solidified, bona fide welterweights. He didn't do any of that to Mikey. Yeah, but he treated him like a punching yeah. bag. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. No, 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 you're wrong about he, that. You're wrong about that. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Mikey didn't do anything. He stayed in defense. And exactly. again, if you don't want to get That's knocked true. out, you lock your defense. He because one thing, Mikey right. did not punch. Why? Because if there was an opening, he would have got hit. And you can't hit something that's being blocked. And Mikey did enough to survive. I love Mikey, but let's be honest. If you watch that fight, he was in survival mode. He, I got to watch it again. He, he was not throwing no punches. It was So it really was not a fight. But I didn't see. I, didn't, I, I, saw, more fight in, I saw more fight in Eric's sparring match today. Oh, so when he did that. Okay. Not taking away from Spence, but Mikey was in a defense mode. And I, people were asking me, how come if he's so strong, how come he knocked him? I go, Mikey is very defensive, and he knew yeah, he, he was, was on guard. He was no, I knew on he guard. was smart about it, and I knew, and I he, knew wasn't gonna he was not going to get knocked out. Shit. But I go, did he let his hands go? Absolutely not. No. He did not let his hands yeah. go. He kept it in guard. And when you're in guard, you can take a punishment. So it's when his hands disappear the guard, then you're exposed. And he it never exposed shot. himself. i got to watch it again. You need I, to watch I, that. I, 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 I clearly I, called I it because I kept saying it the whole time. I said, Mike, it's too small. And then yeah, I said, okay, you're in survival mode. I can see you want to go to the 12th round and end it. And I could see it and finish it because you were just standing there getting punched and moving around. I think there was and rounds even when Mikey Garcia, like he would throw maximum six to eight punches in that round. If and that. land, land, you know, two or three of them. Right, and, and that's exactly. Know, it wasn't really. It was so one-sided. So, therefore, it wasn't really a fight. I know it was, it was one-sided. It wasn't too – Mikey wasn't being aggressive, but – I think I remember. I think at times I might have had a few whiskeys. I'm not sure, eh. but I do remember at times I was thinking like Spence. Spence could capitalize, and he either doesn't want to or he can't. He wanted to get the work in. Keep in mind, Mikey jumped two levels. Yeah, he knew I can't knock this guy out, but he could knock me out. So I'll just stay in defense. I'll make. I'll mm. just go to the rounds and move around and and hide. You know, and set the punches as much as I can. And that's what it was happening. So what do you think happens with Bud and Mikey? Mikey. Oh, that's going to be a – well, Mikey. I, again, now, in my opinion, uh, what the difference is, I think Bud is much sneakier in yeah. trying to break up the defense. Uh -huh. And when I saw Spence, Spence was just like, I'm happy just to get the work in and treat it as a sparring match. I think Bud's like, uh, no way in hell you're going to stand here with me. And yeah. he, he'll move around and, and look for that. So, And again, I don't care what anyone says. No one's chasing Crawford at all. No one. Mikey no one's Garcia, calling him Mike, out. Mikey what? Garcia called him out. Again, yeah, but, but he's, he's looking for the stipulado. He's going to do a top rank fight. Mikey's not going to do a top rank fight. So? How's it going to happen? I don't know. I mean, well, we, Bud, we don't does, know. Bud doesn't want to be with top rank I mean, no more. He is contracted. But he is. He's on a contract. Until then, yeah. You can't Until fight. then, you can't, you know. How many fights does he have left Hey, on this boxing politics shit is whack. Like four, well, it is. But, again, it's not that Bud doesn't want to fight. It's just he can't get a Bob fight. Bob Bob Arum is holding him back. Fucking poop. You know, if, if I was Bob Arum, he would have the 
best welterweight out there. Use what are you waiting for? What, you know, you say you, you're not making money. Well, fight them then. Yeah. You'll make you money if you fight them. You know, and it's not no fault of Crawford. Crawford says, hey, fight me or let me go. Yeah. And because the thing is, it was like, what, are you waiting for him to get old? He's already up there. Yeah, right, right exactly. Yeah, he's in his but, prime right now. But the fact is, I don't see the one beating him. No. I do. I see Mikey Garcia fucking him up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. dreaming on that one. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, just, just cause I met him and he's cool as fuck. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 fan, I was reading it was so bad versus Spence. I was like, come on, Mikey, you, you do want, it. Come uh, on. You know what? I Hit me up. And we'll, we'll bet whatever you want. No, yeah, all right. We'll oh, good. I just suckered you in. Good. I just suckered you in. I'm gonna run that. Oh, whoa. Oh, okay, Mr. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, I don't know about that. Go there. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, everybody. Real quick, I want to shout out and thank everybody who purchased my shirt. All my uh, oh yeah, my fellow coworkers. We have Chubbs Friday at work from everybody who fucking <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. good job. So you see a bunch of people walking around at work rocking my shirt. So That's awesome. Thank you to everybody. Really appreciate I'm it. I'm surprised how many people like you, man. Oh, bro, I'm nah, just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm a I'm a BMF dog. That's right. Everybody loves you can me. Think me BMF. Yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, you good? Good, good. You good? Good to go. You good? We're good. All right, everybody, the Boxing Club Podcast. Out. Out. Out.